You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. If you are getting married and you aren't listening to the Bride Chiller podcast, then what are you doing? Well, this is a rhetorical question because you are listening to the Bride Chiller podcast. I'm Alicia, your virtual bridesmaid, your virtual Australian, living in London, talking to you wherever you are, trying to help you along your wedding planning journey to cut the shit and make sure everything works just fine. I wanted to say a big thank you to those who have left me iTunes reviews for uh, the podcast, for what when I'm like, for, um, I don't know, for my singing career. No one needs that. That would be torturous and they'd be just thanking me for stopping. Uh, this one is from Veggie Meg. She says, a must for anyone planning or involved in a wedding. Five stars. Thank you. Alicia is awesome. Whether you're an atypical bride or groom, even more traditional, she offers superb insight along with a plethora, God, I love that word, of creative ideas for putting together a personal, beautiful wedding. She's so entertaining to listen to. Thank you. I still think I'll be listening to her even when my wedding is over. She's like my imaginary wedding BFF. I'm not an imaginary baby. I'm in your life. I'm real. And I just called you baby. She keeps me in chill mode and makes me feel less like a weirdo, even though I am one. Oh, I love you for not necessarily wanting all the cliche wedding crap. Thank you so much, Veggie Meg. Uh, I agree. I feel like I, I do attract people who not don't necessarily have that dream idea of wanting to follow traditions, big poofy dresses, all that sort of stuff. But then also I have lots of people that want big poofy dresses. And to be honest, when we first got engaged, I, I did one of the trips to a wedding dress shop and tried on a couple of big poofy dresses. And actually, if you know the story, I purchased one of those dresses and then freaked out three weeks before and then bought the dress that I ended up wearing. But I loved wearing the big poofy dress. I never thought I'd love it. I was like a total denier. And then I put it on and had some sort of Cinderella moment going, I'm beautiful. I've got this big flowy skirt and it had pockets. Oh, but I just couldn't make it work. It wasn't in my heart. I think it was just a fantasy I wanted to have for a moment, but I didn't want to trawl it around the rest of the day. It was all about whether I could dance properly. I'm not a great dancer, but gee, I like to dance. And I just felt that my boozies, my bosoms would fall out of the dress, even with great tailoring. And uh, it'd be a flash fest. Talene says, amazing, five stars, down-to-earth, great tips. Uh, and I also want a big, big thank you to Bush Lau, Bush Lau, uh, who left this amazing quote, which we have subsequently stolen and put immediately on the website. Not stolen, just used. Real advice for real people who want a real wedding. You rock. Rich fell in love with that quote straight away, and he's like, I'm going to make a graphic. Rich is my husband, if you are new to this show, and he participates regularly on this podcast you'll be hearing more of him well i actually going to make a big big uh, assumption here we have a 23 hour plane ride coming up at the end of the week we're heading home for the holidays which we don't really see in america we just go it's christmas uh and quite excited to be seeing family and friends and the sun reintroducing ourselves to the sun and i'm not i can't do fahrenheit celsius uh, calculations here because well, we just use Celsius in Australia, but it's going to be 37 degrees. That's not 37 cold, that's 37 hot on Christmas Day. 
So we're losing our shit. We're really excited because at the moment I'm sitting in a polar fleece and fuzzy socks and the slow, the little in the background is the heater. Kicking off today's show, as I said, if you're new to the podcast, Thursday's episode is a Q&A Thursday where you can send me voice messages, emails, messages from Ravens if you want, although I don't know how to interpret them, to ask me questions about your wedding planning, family, different conundrums. I have received questions about nearly everything you could ever imagine on wedding planning world and I love answering them and if I can't answer them I get my husband to or I try and find a wedding expert that can give me some advice. So uh, let's kick it off. Tatiana I believe is our first contestant. Hey Alicia I'm super excited to be leaving you a voicemail. My name is Tatiana. I found you on Instagram because somebody that I follow like a celebrity or something hashtagged bridechilla and you commented on it and was like, you were like, love that you're using the hashtag or something like that. And that's how I found you. That's adorable. I love a hashtag stalk. If someone's using bride chiller, I like to swoop in and go, good for you. I'm so proud of you. Like a mum, a bride chiller mother. Just I'll hold you to my bosom and encourage you to be more chill. Love it. That small world. Love the Insta. Anyway, so I really wanted to kind of get your advice on a situation. I am having a backyard reception. I'm We're getting married in a church, and then our reception is kind of at a, a different um, location. And it's my fiance's aunt's backyard. And it's a beautiful location. She lives right on the water. But um, that being said, you know, we had to bring everything in. So we had to, you know, we have a tent and we had to bring in all the tables and chairs and all the cutlery and all the plates and all this and that. And like, you know, it's a big, huge production. I'm working with so many different vendors. Um, I'm planning the whole thing basically by myself with my lovely fiance. Yeah, it's been a real challenge just because dealing with so many different personalities has been crazy. And now that we're five weeks away, you know, I have one vendor specifically who's really hard to get a hold of, and that's my tent rental company and party rental company. So that's been super frustrating because it's like, hello, you know, I'm paying you for this. Like, why can't you respond to my emails kind of thing? And then I have another one, my caterer, who... It's just a bitch, to be honest with you. Like, she's real not nice. She's just the type of person that will, like, respond to emails and sort of just be, like, snippy. So I kind of, like, a big clapping back right at her. Um, Because I just, at this point, don't have time for that bullshit. And, like, you know, it's like, I'm paying you for this service. Like, you need to at least be cordial with me and be, you know, a normal person via email. So, and the weird, the kind of the weird thing about it is that she's super nice in person. So it's like very strange. I'm really sick of these people. They're super annoying. And yeah, it's just like really dumb to have to deal with so many people and frustrating. I have a lot on my mind and I'm really close to this whole shindig that's going to happen. So thanks for everything. Thanks for all your advice. I'm telling everybody about the podcast. I love it. 
I think my fiance thinks I'm like a little crazy because every time he comes home, I'm like doing the dishes and listening to Bride Chiller podcast. So love ya. Happy days. Bye. Really interesting question, Tatiana, and well done for doing all this yourself. You know, I'm a big advocate of day of coordinators, and I think straight off the bat, I am going to say to you, I think you should find someone to help you out. I think you've got it completely under control, but also when you're trying to spin all those plates and wear all those hats and any other cliche that I can use to uh, say that you're very busy and you've got a lot of communication to be doing, sometimes... Uh, the aggressiveness, maybe, or rudeness, I don't know what we're going to call the caterer with her rude emails, Um, you can take it to heart. It can be really annoying because you're attached to this event in an emotional level as well as a business level. And it's very hard sometimes, I think, to disconnect both of those two feelings. And, you know, well, firstly, I will say reading a text, a WhatsApp, an email, bloody whatever text message or situation you want to have, it can be really hard reading into things, especially if people are short and want to get to the point. And the caterer might be run off her feet. I'm not making excuses for her being rude to a client and perhaps she should step up her email game. But sometimes it's, you know, people are in the moment, they write something and perhaps they could have written it in a more polite way. So not making excuses for Caterer. Sucks that she has an attitude, but nice that she's nice in person. So day of coordinator, I think. Tatiana, what would be good for you is just to step back from it a little bit. And that doesn't mean you have to relinquish any control. It doesn't mean that you have to spend a whole bunch of money. You could literally find someone that could help you for minimal dollars. Like, I don't know. I know some coordinators will do a day of for four or 500 bucks. Some will do it for a lot more money. It's about negotiating and finding, but perhaps handing over just the correspondence to these people. You've locked them in. You've done all the negotiating. You know what's happening, but being able to just give the responsibility and the communication to someone else now could be a really good thing for you because it's good to just sort of say, I've done the, the, the groundwork. I've I've got this all happening. This shindig, as I love that you called it a shindig, is is all about what we want. We've made it happen. But now it's time to hand the baton to someone who can deal with shitty emails and bad tudes. That is my advice to you, Tatiana. I'm so happy that you have enjoyed the podcast and I'm so happy that you were uh, connected via the Instagram. I love Instagram. Rich and I spend probably too much of our time on Instagram stories. Well, he doesn't do it really by choice. The camera and the phone obviously is usually in my hands, but we do post a lot of sort of inane minutiae that people seem to enjoy. Like last weekend, Friday night, we live a crazy life. We were watching some Netflix and came across the <laughs> the artist Bob Ross. R.I.P. Bob Ross, who I'd never seen before. I mean, I'd seen photos of him, but I've never seen his programs. He's got a lovely, quiet voice and he paints. That's the whole show. And I can see why Netflix, the geniuses that they are, acquired that show because it's vintage. It's got nostalgia, but it's also about teaching people skills. And it completely made us want to go out and buy an oil paint, an easel set and go and sit somewhere and just paint some beautiful landscapes. He's got a really nice, quiet voice, and you just feel really relaxed when you're listening to him. Um, And I did have to just check that he wasn't, he didn't have any sex offender stuff because, you know, all those guys in the 80s, they're like, they let us down. Not all of them, and he didn't. I just want to say, he had a clean Wikipedia page, 
We were relieved because, you know, just it, you just go through all those 80s and 70s guys with moustaches and big hair and they all end up having some sort of deep, dark secret. And you're like, oh, well, that's a shame. You really let the world down by being a dick or thinking about his dick too much. There you go. That's good for wedding podcasts. We watched Bob Ross and we did a bit of Instagram storying. I don't know if I've just sold us on Instagram stories, but also we will be Instagram storying our Australia trip. We're going for a three or four weeks, I do believe. I know we're going for three or four weeks. It's not, we're not just, it's not random. We're going. We do have plans. We've got it all sorted. We are going to Tasmania, our home state. Get ready for that. Melbourne and Sydney. We're doing the grand tour, as we like to call it. So be sure to follow me on Instagram. It is just my full name, Alicia McCormack, which is my maiden name. Ra ra ra, and uh, yeah, get involved. And also, you know, I love when you comment on my stuff. I love stalking you guys as well. If you've got an open profile, don't worry. I get to know everyone. I really do. Right. Speaking of feedback, I was delighted to receive a voicemail from Hallie, who well, she's going to explain. I won't double up, but she wrote to me, uh, left me a voicemail with a bit of a conundrum about a wedding photographer. And what I love is when you get back in touch, if I answer a question or if something happens that you change paths, change tacks on what you're going to do, you get back in touch because then we can sort of end the story. We know what's happening. So delighted that this popped up in my inbox. Hi, Alicia. This is Hallie calling from Chicago. I called you a few months ago asking about photography um, because we were trying to save some money by not hiring a professional photographer uh, because, you know, I just, I feel like I'm not photogenic anyways, and we're not really the kind of people that put pictures up in our house or look through photo albums. And so I was like, maybe we can just have friends take pictures with their cell phones and maybe have a couple friends with nicer cameras, like assign them, you know, for like half an hour to just try to take pictures for us. Um, and your advice and a friend of yours called in with advice as well. Uh, both of you said that it was probably not a great idea to just leave it basically up to chance, um, that our friends would happen to take, you know, the kinds of photos that we, uh, would need to remember the day. Um, and your recommendation was to look for a photographer who would be willing to take our pictures for just, you know, a couple hours of the night. Um, and so we went looking for photographers, but unfortunately, uh, because we didn't really prioritize it by the time we were asking around, most of the people we contacted were already booked for the day. So even if they were willing to do it, they weren't available. Um, and so we are so, so fortunate to have a friend who is an amazing photographer and uh, she's, you know, dabbled in weddings and she's done a lot of portraiture and she agreed to take our photos uh, for two hours of the night. So we're having our reception and the ceremony in the same space. And so, uh, you know, our our ceremony will begin at about like 7.15 and then, you know, by 9.15, all of the toasts and the first dances and everything will be over. So um, we'll be able to capture all those really big moments that we would probably want to remember that maybe we couldn't rely on our friends to capture because we want our friends to enjoy those moments too. We don't want them to be busy, worried about taking pictures for us. Um and uh, so she agreed to do it for, you know, way, way less uh, than the market value of of uh, her services and her time, which was so generous. We, we really can't get over how excited we are about it. Um, and in fact, she just the other day asked me to send her some pictures that sort of represent the kind of style that we would be looking for. And it just made me 
so excited to think about uh, how we actually will have some really nice professional photos of our day. Uh, so I just want to call and say thank you so much for the advice. Um, I really appreciate that you took the time to answer my question. I'll be sure to update you too after the wedding is over. Uh, maybe I'll even send you a couple pictures from our day. Um, and I just want to uh, recommend to other people out there who are thinking about doing the same thing. I know obviously you've heard this before, but start earlier than I did because it'll really improve your chances of finding somebody who's willing to work with you. Uh, so thank you so much for everything. I'm still listening to the podcast. Uh, we have less than two months to go, which is crazy to think about. I think it's like six weeks now, so um, it's crunch time, but the podcast is sort of helping me stay positive and calm um, and connected to other people who are planning weddings right now too. So I want to say thank you and good luck to everybody out there and I'll contact you after the wedding. You better, Hallie. I'm very, that was so threatening. <laughs> thank you, Hallie. I would love to hear from you after the wedding and hear exactly how it went. And uh, I've been receiving so many Bridechiller graduate emails, voicemails, and voicemails more likely, uh, um, and it really makes me happy to hear how the wedding's gone and to be able to share that as well. So very excited to be hearing from you in the very near future. Thank you so much again, and I'm glad that your advice uh, that you received on the show was heeded and you, you found someone fabulous, heeded. Wow. I don't know where this is all coming from today. More from the number one wedding planning podcast, the number one bullshit-free wedding planning podcast, which is what I like to say after this very short but very existential and meaningful break. Next question is from Bride Chiller Heather. Hi, Alicia. This is Heather. I'll give you a minute to think about my accent. I know you love that game. Heather, it is literally my favorite game. Again, accents. I like doing accents. I like listening to accents. I like repeating accents, sometimes very successfully, sometimes not. I was at the office Christmas party last night with my day job, and people were surprised to hear that during uni in college. Sorry, Heather, I'm getting to your story. Uh, but during uni, I supported myself. One of my various many jobs, oh, so many jobs, was doing commercial radio voiceovers where I do bumpy, happy things like this. And then sometimes I do these sort of voices. So when I did my stand-up comedy, I really did a lot of voices. I would do a lot of impressions and I really found the challenge that when I did the voiceovers for this radio, like it's crappy radio jingle stuff, but I was good at being like, they like, we want it to sound like a 16 year old schoolgirl. Sounds a bit creepy. Um, or we want it to sound like a professional mum. So I do all that sort of stuff. Anyway, vomit. Heather, love accents. Carry on. I've been listening since shortly after getting engaged last September. I'm so thankful to have you to listen to on my rides to and from my long commute taken a lot of your advice which has been so valuable and entertaining i just heard your couples therapy episode with dr Lindsay bira and wanted to chime in on the values assessment in five languages of love my fiance and i learned about that during our pre-cana required by our catholic church in chicago we weren't thrilled about going originally since we're not super religious but both raised catholic and it ended up being a really great experience having a deeper level discussion about relationships and since then we've been both much more aware of little ways we can show our love for example when he unloads a dishwasher he says 
acts of service. Um, so it's been really fun and helpful. So everyone, just take some time and figure out your types of love. My second part is a question regarding renting a photo booth or possibly doing a DIY photo booth option. My fiancé found a great article on The Practical Wedding, which I was proud of him for finding since I heard about Meg here. I'm just nervous about how the DIY will turn out with a ballroom-type venue um, with low lighting and leaving it up to intoxicated people to try to figure out using a selfie stick or whatever option we end up going with and how it'll all come out. So I was just wondering if anyone has created a DIY photo booth and backdrop and could weigh in on their experience, pros and cons. Thank you so much for what you do, Alicia. So keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Happy days. Heather, stoked that you have found so much value in the premarital counseling. I really am such a big advocate of talking to someone. It doesn't have to be anyone connected to religion if you're not a religious person, just finding a counselor, just talking through. And I really do believe, Rich and I have talked about this a lot on um, this show before and also with Dr. Lindsay Beerer, those episodes are just such a good listen. One of them will be reappearing in the best of over the holiday period just to really bring it home. But we talk a lot about how relationships are a constant, you know, they're constant work and not bad work, not like, oh, hard work down the mines, but just you've got to keep communicating. You've got to keep it moving. So I think the idea, if you start off and you have a conversation about expectations and what you want to do to grow together and little finicky things like the bloody dishwasher that you talked about that can grate at you and make you feel insane with like, why, why aren't they doing that? And then all you have to do is go, listen, Rich and I had this very situation a few weeks ago, like in the morning, he eats his wheat picks. And then he leaves the bowl in the sink instead of putting it in the dishwasher. And I said to him, why don't you put it in the dishwasher? And he's like, well, it's because wheat big sticks to the outside. I like to soak it. And it was a little thing that it was driving me crazy. This sounds so stupid now I'm saying it. Uh, but it made sense. And I was like, okay, you, it's for the greater good. Just put it in the dishwasher at the end of the day so it doesn't shit me at night. And then he said, well, talking about the dishwasher, when you put cutlery in, you just shove it all on the front, you know, when the cutlery little basket, what's that thing called? The basket? The cutlery basket? Oh, I don't know. We don't know what it's called, but where you put all the cutlery. And I do admit, when I open the door, I just shove it all on the front one. And he's like, you need to distribute them evenly because nothing gets washed. So we had, and that's not really a greater metaphor for our whole relationship, but it's just saying sometimes things bug you and you let them bug you rather than just have a discussion about it. So as a big master plan, if you can actually sit down with a third party that isn't necessarily someone connected to your family, friends, relationship, and just go, listen, we want to make sure that this relationship is as strong and as energetic and vibrant as it is today, as it is in the next 20 years. So let's work on some stuff. I salute you. And I think you're fabulous. I also love A Practical Wedding and everything they put out, I just devour. I'm such a big fan and I really hope to be able to share some more of what they do in the coming uh, year as well. They've got a lot of great stuff. They're launching a new website, which isn't wedding related. Um, and I say, follow all of their social media accounts to check it out. It's going to be amazing. 
Thank you so much, Heather. Also, the idea about the DIY photo booth, Heather called out to people asking, and I would like to hear your feedback about this. We did not have a photo booth at our wedding. I've seen lots of people using photo booths, you know, putting them together themselves. One thing you could do is get higher, like a diva light, one of those ring lights, which aren't very expensive. Uh, You could purchase a ring light actually from Amazon. They're pretty cheap if you have a bit of time up your sleeve. A ring light is something that's on a a tripod usually and it literally is a light that is shaped like a circle, a ring, and it gives even distribution and it's really flattering for photographs. So I don't know if it's something that you can add to your budget and then sell again on eBay or uh, Amazon, you buy it on Amazon and sell it on eBay later. But I know a lot of vloggers, podcast people who do videos use the ring light and just rave about how great it is in quite low light situations. Um, You can also then add an eye, like if you are on a tripod, you can add an iPhone. If you're using an iPhone uh, in between the inside the light um, and put it on a timer. Don't know. This is getting a bit involved again, probably should throw it out to you, bright chillers. What are you doing? How can we help Heather? I love hearing all of your feedback because often you have better answers than me. Hi, Alicia. My name is Amy. Um, I'm from Calgary in Canada. I just recently found your podcast and have listened to 20 some odd of them. Um, I have fallen absolutely in love. You had actually commented on one of my Instagram photos after I posted that I had found my my wedding dress that you thought I would like uh, your podcast based on my content and you were right. I absolutely love it. I just want to start off with a little bit of my mine and my fiance's story. We've been together for five years now. Um, we're well, I would say we're high school sweethearts, but I was the only one ever in high school when we dated. But we've been together for a long time, and we are we're madly in love. Um, but we always joked that I was probably going to be the one to end up proposing. And it was never really serious. We just, we just joked about it, but he always seemed to like the idea of being proposed to. So about six months ago, I kind of, I kind of made the decision to, you know, talk to his buddies and his best friend and kind of get some opinions from them and see, see what they thought about it. And they all loved the idea. So I, I bought a ring and I bought a custom box and I mean, I had a plan and then that all went out the window because I'm a hopeless romantic and I uh, proposed one day while he was studying for one of his final exams. But we're engaged now. We've been engaged for about two and a half months now. I can't seem to get him interested in the actual planning. He seems to be excited about the wedding and the marriage, obviously. And I know I know that he's excited because he talks about it and, you know, he wants to be a part of it, I guess. But I can't really get him involved in the sort of minutia of the planning. I think he would really enjoy it. And I know that I would really enjoy his help um, and company when planning these sorts of things. Um, but I just don't know how to get him excited about that sort of thing. He's a very sort of nonchalant, uh, relaxed, very casual human being. And so he kind of just wants it to be about us and really wants me to have the sort of day that I want to have, which is awesome and amazing because, you know, he really shows that he cares. But 
I want him to help me. And he just doesn't seem to, uh, he doesn't seem to want to be sort of involved that way. I'm just curious how you would, uh, how you would approach that. I've tried talking to him about it. I've tried asking him, I've tried giving him different tasks and he kind of just, not that he ignores me, but he kind of puts it to the wayside and, you know, goes to work and comes home and then doesn't do much with it. So really curious what you would, what you would say, uh, since you always seem to be so beautifully blunt. Um, and I know that it's not necessarily about the day. It's what the day is about, but, uh, I still want him involved. So yeah, thank you so much. I love your podcast. Oh, Amy, this is a common, I'm not to say a bad common, but it seems to be a bit of a common theme that I receive lots of sort of emails and voicemails about how to get the groom interested in the day. And I think we come from, and I'm going to make general, I'm going to make gender generalization. So hold on to your hats, sisters. I think sometimes we come about things in different ways. We've been perhaps a little bit trained by the mass media to uh, know a little bit more about weddings because we've read about it. We've been, it's just part of the deal of being in probably Western society that they talk about wedding preparation and wedding planning and how to do things. And I think sometimes guys are just on another planet about actually how much work, not all guys, but some guys, how much work and details and forethought and planning can go into these things and also how much time in advance sometimes it really does need attention being given to these things to make it all work. So I love that you said, Amy, your partner in um, real life is quite nonchalant and a little casual because sometimes I think it can take a little bit of a scare for people to go, oh, fuck, this is all happening. We've got to do a lot of stuff. And I really get your perspective of going, being married to him is what this is all about, but also planning together and doing this together is part of the adventure. And I know that we, Rich and I really helped each other out and I felt very hashtag blessed that he was up for doing a lot of the decisions and tasks and, you know, those sort of main things together. But we've also watched a lot of our friends go through wedding planning where it's just been a solopreneur situation, watching the ladies just knuckle down and get shit done and just like sort of dragging the guys behind them. And it always sort of bothers me because I think that we need to try and maybe this is, again, throwing it out to the bride chiller community and getting some feedback about trying to get the lads involved or ladies. Maybe you're a wedding planning guy or a same-sex couple who's having exactly the same issue. Again, I don't want to make this about gender and stereotype this. It's about the other person perhaps in the partnership who isn't participating enough or isn't getting that you really need their help. But as well as actually being someone that can pick up a bit of slack and take a bit of heat off you, you want them to be there and plan it together and have this experience because the day is about you two. So part of me thinks it's trying to communicate that. And I really feel, Amy, like you've obviously said you've had tried to have this conversation, but maybe it's changing tax a little bit and just saying, well, I'm going to stop wedding planning now um, and maybe stop until we can do it together because this means so much to me and I feel quite upset that we can't share this together and get them also to realize wedding planning isn't just about dresses and napkins and lady things. Maybe it's good to go back to square one and have that conversation that I always sort of say is really important and that sit down and say, look, let's write three things that we're absolutely excited about, about the wedding. 
what are the three things that are non-negotiable, have to happen? I'm like, heart goes pitter-patter when I think about including them, these items, activities, events within the day. What is it? Maybe it's about getting him excited about things rather than thinking that it's a chore or a task. Again, I don't want this to be, you know, like it shouldn't be a Debbie Downer conversation with anyone that's not participating. It should be about going, how can we make this want, how can we make you want to be a part of this? Because I really want you to be a part of it. I hope that's not too like serious of an answer, but I do think it's important to get people involved because it's part of the joy of it. And I think we've unfortunately had a little bit of, uh, you know, people coming in and sort of saying, this has to be the ladies planning this day. And I just think that's actually a little bit of bullshit. I think it should be a group situation. I think we should be working together And it makes the day more enjoyable when you know that your buddy that's been there planning it with you and, you you know, making things happen and you're pulling off this amazing experience. I think that's great. So, Amy, I wish you well. I would like feedback. Uh, We'll put a post up on the Bride Chiller Facebook page uh, and comment over the next week or so to give us some feedback about how you guys as a duo are working together because that would be really nice to have some tips. Finally, I would like to share an email with Megan, not Megan, Megan. Gosh, see, I've already mucked it up, Megan. You did say it's Megan, not Megan, and I've called you Megan. What a jerk I am. Megan got in touch after Monday's episode of the show, um, and I'm just going to read her email because it was good. Alicia, I wanted to provide a little bit of feedback on Monday's show. As a millennial myself, I found the episode very frustrating. The experiential topic was really interesting. I'm also going to do a ring warming at my ceremony, but the tone was a little off-putting. I can't tell you how frustrating it is to be a millennial reading think pieces and hearing news stories about how we're all lazy, self-entitled, everyone gets a trophy, etc., etc., compared to Gen X or baby members or whatever. (laughs) It just felt like the choices discussed were less of the normal bride chiller attitude, do what you want, keep the traditions you want, ditch the rest. And more of the decisive time. If you don't want to do something out of the ordinary, or if you have a specific vision you want executed by a professional, then you are entitled. I don't think that was the intent, but it just came across like that. I think the issue was mostly uh, uh, from Kim, your guest, and her personal opinions on how millennials and I, millennials, and I could tell you were trying to bring her back on track. I hope you take this feedback in the spirit I'm giving it in. I can see a lot of reasons why the guest, Kim, may have these opinions, and I'm not upset, but hope you can understand how the episode was perceived by this millennial still enjoying the podcast and can't wait for Thursday's ep. Well, Megan, I love feedback, and I'm completely 100% open to bride chillers and groom chillers getting in touch with this sort of stuff. And to be honest, it's really interesting because I, I wrote back to Megan and I said, you know what, I find myself sometimes saying I'm a, I'm a millennial, but then feeling like a creepy old lady uh, and sometimes saying I'm a Gen X. And I agree. I feel like sometimes we can make huge um, generalizations about a whole generation, which of course has been happening every generation. We all go through the same thing of you know the boomers saying that gen x dickheads and they don't know what they're doing with their lives and then you know they come along and create the apple corporation so uh, i think we all just probably need to relax on the generalizations and i agree and i love your feedback and i uh think kim is fabulous 
no dissing of guests. I think she was amazing. She had good energy. But also, again, they were her opinions. And uh, part of having my guests on the Bride Chiller is for, to allow people to come on and express how they feel. Um, but also, I agree. I feel like we were probably a little hard on the millennials. I was hard. Kim might have been hard. And we love you. And uh, you're my core audience. And I don't want to offend. I want to challenge. I want you to enjoy the show and feel open. I don't want to say safe space because I fucking hate that shit. But um, I want you to feel open to be able to write emails like that. So uh, I'll pick up my game. I love you all very much. And I hope wherever you are listening from, uh, whenever you're listening, that you have a really safe holiday period. As I said, we're traveling to Australia. We're really excited to be home again, but that doesn't mean the show will stop. The show will continue. We will do two, I think, two best of episodes for the next following Mondays because often people have a little break from listening to the Bride Chiller podcast. They go into a bit of a lull while they're eating, drinking, and enjoying themselves. But we'll be back in January. I've recorded already a couple of fantastic episodes to share with you in January. My One of my favorite guests, Bridesmaid for Hire, Jen Glance is back on the show. She's got a new book coming out and I'm so happy to be able to share some more more of her amazing bridesmaid for high insights and her book is so funny. I've been laughing a lot on the tube on the way to my day job um, and just lots new, lots new insights and down, there we go again, again to my English accent. I went from like Cockney straight into posh, which I have to do sometimes because people think uh, an Antipodean like me from the Southern Hemisphere is sometimes not socially classy in this country. Yeah, that's what I think of that. Until Monday's episode, my friends, get in touch, get back in touch, especially about Heather and her photo booth. Uh, We'd love to hear your feedback and also getting the grooms involved. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Send me a voicemail. Love to hear from you. Until next week, what do we say, Ricardo? See you later. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?